Welcome to the stripped down know nothing podcast focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, from end to end, from the flag to alternative girlfriend, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. I'm Saker, and I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world. I'm Evan, and I'm, uh, I guess, representing for suburbanites? <laughs> and, uh... Don't give it, you gave me such a confused look. I mean, you do, you are a rapster. Right? Well, yeah, that's true. I always lead off with a song lyric that starts with I'm. Don't, <laughs> don't pretend like after a, a, an album and a half that you're confused about this. So, as a representative of all the gangsters, what do you have to say <laughs> no, to me? No, no, no. Please don't make this a real thing. What do you have to say to me, Saker? Oh, boy. I, uh, I mean, I you t- always jump on my introductions here. It's, it's turnabout is fair play, as they say in the suburbs. <laughs> Truly. Um, I have nothing to say. I will... I, I've given up my, my position advocating for gangsters all across the world. They should definitely yield the floor, they, right? They speak for that's, themselves now. That's it's what you true. should say. That's what I, I do I yield say. the floor. I yield the floor <laughs> to people who know much more than I do. Um, Evan, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. good. I just came from work. So yeah. I'm in, my, I'm in my duds. Dressed up in your suit and tie. I never see you like this. I don't have my tie on anymore. Oh, yeah. You took it off. <laughs> I took it off as he was saying that. <laughs> Um, well, you know, you had your suit and tie on. You came straight from work because this is a very special episode. A very special episode. With- and because you're dressed in your duds, you want to describe those to our guests? <laughs> no, I certainly do. Do you want to introduce our guests and describe what you're wearing, I'm Saker? wearing a shirt that says Sizzle It Up with Taco because our guest is uh, a true new media pioneer. You may recognize him from Sawbones or The Adventure Zone. You may recognize him from the podcast or TV series, My Brother, My Brother and Me, but you will probably absolutely know him from his hit YouTube show, Things I Bought at Sheets. It's Justin McElroy. Hi, Justin. How are you? Wow. What a genuine <laughs> delight it is to be here on on this podcast. <laughs> it is a delight to have you. You, you yeah. do have, and I'm sure you've been told this before, perhaps the perfect podcast voice yeah the deep resonant bass of justin mcelroy that's training if you hear me when the micro here hold on let me turn off my various oh, please, filters yes. hey guys it's a pleasure <laughs> to be here with you i'm really excited about the show and hold on let me turn them back up no, there we go oh, can you tell God. us what that is so <laughs> what are what filter are you using <laughs> yeah, the uh, <laughs> the Hey, if you if you want that, come to my workshop. I'm going to be at the Las Cruces Convention Center this weekend. Seventy three dollars a head. There's going to be some canapes, uh-huh. and we're going to go through all of it. But you do have to pay for that kind of sure, info. Sure, absolutely. You're right. Seventy three dollars is. Can- I mean, you're canapes. barely making any overhead on that. That's why it's such a strange number. That's how much it costs you. Very yeah, that's charity, like the charity you are throwing our podcast by even deigning <laughs> to appear on it. Sure. Uh, just. It's low margins. Yeah, it's yeah. basically a slap to the face. <laughs> I'm insulting yeah. myself. I'm so sorry. It's like slapping someone with their with their own hand. Yeah. Like, why are you, why Stop hitting yourself, it? Justin. <laughs> hey, uh, can you tell us what Justin? When I asked you if you would deign to be on our Bernicked Ladies podcast, you said so quickly. It was the quickest email back I've ever gotten. Yes, I would be delighted. So you must have some history with Bernicked Ladies. Can you tell us a little bit about like where you're coming from there? Yeah, I have a long history with with Bernicked Ladies. I got into them. Okay, so let me Please. back up. When I I was like 13, 14, I didn't know that I liked music. Okay. <laughs> um, like I'd, you know what I mean? Like I'd heard music on the radio and been like, oh, that's fine, sure. And then when I was 13 or 14, I heard, um, well, it would have been, I would have started with Moxie Fruvis, um, <laughs> which well, I heard Moxie Fruvis, a friend of mine had a, uh, his dad 
had a um, cassette tape of uh, Bargainville, a Moxie Fruvis album that I think was just like, a, uh, it might have just been a maxi single or like an early sure. demo, but it had like six or seven uh, Moxie Fruvis songs. Moxie Fruvis, um, because of the members of Jean, one of the members of the band, who uh, <laughs> uh, turned out to be not a good Ooh, dude, okay. according to the court documents. Uh, so Moxie Fruvis is not uh, uh, something that I am uh, as proud to have enjoyed because of the, that. But uh, Moxie Fruvis, uh, someone I was listening to Moxie Fruvis and someone said, hey, this sounds like they might be giants. I said, who? And so I ordered uh, Columbia House Records used to do was a company that would do like six CDs for uh-huh. a dollar and they'd hook you to buy like 12 more CDs over the course of a year well. at like 25 bucks a pop or yeah. something. It was wild. But I got a my my first six CDs were um they might be giant like two they might be giant yeah. CDs and a Moxie Fruvis CD and I think How Do You Talk to an Angel by the Heights okay. and uh, Born on a Pirate Ship huh. which which someone had recommended because uh, in the various they might be giants web forums there was a lot of chatter about bare naked <laughs> ladies and actually Benfold's Bimfold, <laughs> Five was the oh other my one god the yes that a lot of people talked about. So uh, whatever and every amen might have been in that yes. initial mailing, but like that was my vector in, and so I started listening to a lot of uh, bare naked ladies um, stuff. Uh, it was hard to find. Like I loved that blend, which a lot of my favorite bands have of like humor and sincerity. It's something that like I've tried to bring to my work, and I really love that in their work. Uh, I actually saw them live. A couple times in Columbus, Ohio. This was back in the like still in the Stephen Page right. era. Um, and I will admit uh, that I have not followed as closely since uh, Page left right. the band. Um, like I still check in, and I've liked um, some of the the songs that I have heard, but like it's just it for you know it for me it lacks whatever like made me fall in love with it. And I guess it's not that big of a mystery as right. pages, you know, songwriting, but like, um, that, that is sort of like my, my history to this point. So I, I do not perfect, I've listened to, you know, the recordings, uh, up until page departed a lot. And then I, I am much less well-versed in like the, 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 uh, just Robertson, without page era. Yes, absolutely. And we talk about that a lot during the course of the podcast is sort of how much we miss page and um, sort of how, how the dynamic of the band has, has definitely changed with his absence. Um, and it does, I think, I mean, we're only on album two. We're doing this chronologically for some insane reason, but right. uh, you know, I, I think that, that as we move along, it does lose something. It does lose a little bit of the magic. Um, I, I did want to mention, like, I think, Nerds of a certain age, like your childhood music listening habits, I think sound exactly like mine did. Did you come at all from a Weird Al place too? Was that in there somewhere? That was definitely, yeah. I it definitely was like Weird Al was very was very absolutely, big to me. and it's like, and it's also what allowed. I grew up in a a, a conservative Christian mm-hmm. household, and it was a Weird Al's. This is so lame, <laughs> but Weird Al's music was a way for me to listen to. Oh, popular, uh, <laughs> popular songs, you know, that like that sure. sound without the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, profanity. Yeah. 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 You, That's so. really, really funny. But no, yeah, I think that there's some like 
trail from, for me, it was Weird Al, Two Bare-Naked Ladies, to Ben Folds, and then sort of branching out from there. But those all seem to be sort of the 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 hyper, not hyper-intelligent, but, but very much elevated songwriting with smart lyrics. Evan, you're giving me a look like you don't think that this is true. You don't think Ben Folds is a, a smart songwriter? Oh, no, I, I'm not denying that. I'm just, it's just the way you're, the way you're characterizing them. Like, I think that that if you were, you know, a, a kid with no friends, and, and, I, and I was, and, and I was as well, and I don't know about you, Justin, but um, mm, oh, oh yeah, yeah, you were. I had the one friend that got me into right, weird Al. Exactly. <laughs> that's about it. That you know, they that sort of music became your companion because you felt like it got you more than you know. Well, some people did sometimes, which might sound. This is also this is also in a pre-internet yes. era, right? Where like fragments of culture that were outside the mainstream were harder to come by. So it, when you found something like at, that felt like it was made for right. you that wasn't on the radio like it was it was a big right oh deal. yeah absolutely um yeah i think that's true it, it definitely it spoke to to some element of of something yeah especially the mp giants too um just how weird it was and how much it informed definitely my my sensibilities in terms of humor as a kid and probably yours as well um yeah sure yeah. absolutely uh, you are hilariously the second person on this podcast to mention moxie fruvis adel refai from hello from the magic tavern also mentioned moxie fruvis um Oh man, I gotta talk. With yeah, you about do that. definitely. Did you know Moxie Fruvis is on? If I had a million dollars, they're part of that the chorus that sings on that song. I did. I did oh, know that. Oh god, actually. damn it! I was hoping to blow your damn mind. <laughs> oh well, Sad, that's sorry. all right. I'll you just cross, you. you just crossed something off this list. <laughs> I am crossing things off my my. I was listening to Justin taking notes list. Yeah, also he's... Let's do let's do another take on it, and then you can edit <laughs> right. in if I'm like so, so that that I'm surprised. Absolutely. Well, Saker hey. is openly weeping right now. <laughs> Hey, Justin. It's okay, buddy. Did you know that Moxie... Hey, wait, yeah. hold on. Wait, no, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I didn't, I didn't There's this to... Canadian band named Moxie Fruvis, and they were part of If I Had a Million Dollars in the in the chorus, in the people that were there. What? <laughs> uh, You're fucking kidding me. Uh, yeah, what? Yeah, like, oh, I feel a little better now. Yeah. You're blowing my mind over uh, you. Yeah, 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 for real. Um, I actually... What? <laughs> I never listened to Moxie Fruvis. I need to start, I guess. Well, maybe not. Yeah, I didn't even know who they were I, until this podcast started. Did they, I, there were uh, there were a few cats in that band that that are that appear to be good cats, um, and they they had a lot of great songs. But it's it it is it is largely yeah. Oh, 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 it's now. more than just uh, okay. Yeah, so, so I, I, I will Cosby. Say. We can't we can't touch them. Can't go back from that. Yeah, can't come back. Um, Justin, did you know that that Barnegat Ladies are playing a concert July 11th in Columbus, Ohio? Uh, yeah, I'd actually got an email. Oh, no, hold on. Uh, yeah, I got an email about that. And then, wait, what? <laughs> Shit! This is the See If I Can Surprise Justin podcast. I'm really excited um, about this. Are you going to that one, out of curiosity? Uh, yeah. no, it's a lot harder. No, I have a lot of kids now, <laughs> and it's a lot harder to... Uh, I'm actually seeing James Buffett earlier that oh. week in Cincinnati. Oh, so that'll be about all the concerting I have in I me. See. I see. Are you James are, Buffett, most famously of the Margaritaville and Cheeseburger in Paradise restaurants? <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, yes, restaurateur. Uh, do you James guys have Buffett. VIP passes to that one? I assume you do, being such close and personal friends. Listen. Listen. <laughs> no. no. But. <laughs> For real? 
I mean, I bought, I bought oh. tickets. I want to support art. You know, you got to keep them in business. That's right, somehow. Saker. You should support art. <laughs> hey, listen. I used the torrent music. I'm sorry. All right, <laughs> we've been over this before. We don't need to retread the same ground. <laughs> um. Well, tell you what. We're gonna make you the "It's All Been Done" a bare naked ladies podcast pledge promise. If you come down to Columbus, Ohio, we'll buy your ticket if you go on the date and then come back to the studio and tell us how it was. Go on a date with us? Yeah, this okay. is the love connection. Go on a date with the, the band? The love connection okay. uh, promise, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, we, we know them all personally, and Stephen and Paige come <laughs> over our house and grants us wishes occasionally. Oh, no, I, wish I, was, I was trying can to surprise you. <laughs> so Saker's like, Saker come? spits out some garbage, and you're like, what? <laughs> and I get a you know, magic genie, Stephen Page, and nothing. Nothing for me. It, it would be great if he would come to the Columbus show too. If he can come to the Columbus show, I would. Yeah, oh, okay, all right. Well, we'll get him on Twitter and uh, we'll see what we can That's do. That's the only wish he won't grant. <laughs> yeah, it's true. The doors back open, right? They just oh, yeah. performed together. Yeah, they in did March. at the Junos, and I, there was some uh, scuttlebutt about. Uh, oh, I hear they're going to get back together, but uh, but nothing yet. And I don't. No, it, I, I don't think yeah. it's ever going to happen. Um, but uh, but you know, and it was really depressing too because <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, Evan, and you almost certainly didn't, Justin. But um, the uh, the Brannigan ladies were on uh, an episode of Family Guy recently. <laughs> it was a oh, very yeah? embarrassing. Uh, but it, it was they were performing one week, or they were performing the first two seconds of one week was the joke. It doesn't matter. It was a bad joke. But um, they were on. Um, I just saw them recently on the first episode of the Weird Al show. God damn it! Like, it's so good. Fair, fairly limited. My daughter's obsessed really? with it. Like obsessed with the Weird Al show. We've watched it. All the way through That's ten awesome. times, uh, she loves it. Uh, of course, it's just the one. Yeah, it's a good yeah, thing yeah. to be obsessed with. My yeah. son is obsessed with a stupid children's program on Amazon. Is that the High Five one? No, no not High Five House. It's Pink Fong. They just sing. It's just children singing stupid children's songs okay. with really crappy animation, <laughs> like nineteen ninety-five era, like computer animation. That's a real bummer. He loves it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, there's no accounting for taste, which is why Family Guy is also still on the air. <laughs> but I was I was hoping that Stephen Page would be with the band in that cameo, but it was just the four dudes, which is kind of a bummer to me. I, yeah. You know what? He actually was, but he was painted to match the background. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Camouflage. <laughs> you can see, you're going to see it for a split second. If you go frame by frame, you see one second where his eyes open. Okay. And he just does that like slow pan with his eyes. Like like the really, the sh- you know, that the famous Family Guy skit where there's like that dog that's kind of shifty and he does the, like the little shift. Eyes. I don't. Famous skip. Well, uh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he, he does that basically. <laughs> Very interesting. Well, uh, let's get into this episode of <laughs> Family Guy, season two, episode three on the Guy Cast. Are you telling me we haven't been recording this? Are you shitting me? <laughs> we should. I was petering out. Like I was running out of steam. We should get into the song okay. for this week, though. <laughs> I thought that was the show. All right, so the song for this All week right. is Intermittently. If you've never heard it inter- intermittently, here's a quick sample of the song. Someone somewhere has a nude Okay. Do you guys just sing it we, at this point? I we do. We're going to get into a studio afterwards and, and patch there. it on in. So, Get my Arco bass uh, unless out. You want, do you want to, to also sing the song with us? I don't. <laughs> I can't blame Please. you. That's very strange. I don't. Uh, Justin, give me your initial impressions of, of Intermittently. 
Um, they. Uh, <laughs> do you mean a, okay? So like, when I was when you guys when y'all were there were so many okay. songs you could have told me that would have deli- delighted right. me. Right? There's so many songs where I'd have been like, uh, good, nice, <laughs> love to talk about this one. Uh, intermittently is not one of them. <laughs> really? Um, I I, I want to say something first. I'm not a songwriter, it, like so did like, to, and I'm not a music critic, and I'm not particularly knowledgeable about music or music theory. So if like the response to all my points are probably like, you know, could you write a better song? No, I couldn't. <laughs> do you know anything about songwriting? No, I do not. Like so, just to cl- cl- quantify sure. all of that, um, I just don't think it's much of a song. <laughs> it feels to me like. Um, and I should, I probably should have waited until you guys said what you thought, but, uh, for me, intermittently is just like, it's a thought (laughs) of a song. Um, it's like, it's like half of a good idea, um, that is then sort of like run into the ground. It sounds like there's a lot of, um, it almost feels like a placeholder for like, and then we'll write some (laughs) more song here. But they, it feels like they just barely kind of get it over the finish line into like full sure. song <laughs> territory. Justin There's like a nut of something there, but it's just over like the finish line. Yeah, yeah. Let me yeah. let me tell you this. Yeah, I don't know. We wish dearly that every week could be an if I had a million dollars <laughs> or yes. one week. Unfortunately, we have to struggle through this <laughs> yes, one song at a time in the order that they are put out by yeah. the songsters. For every if I had a million dollars, there are five intermittentlys that we do have to get through. But I like soup. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's the nice <laughs> thing is that you and you all know that you're like you are the, the 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 screwed up part about that is like you are currently in the salad oh, day. Like you know that there are some like <laughs> some stretches coming Once your way. Once we get to that, some 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 barren. Yeah, that, that PP era, that post page, I mean, it gets life, fucked right? you up. Enjoy, you enjoy your golden years, and then and then you get old and die, and that's where <laughs> yeah, we're heading. We're right. Heading. So Apparently. this is this is like high school college for us right now. Soon we're gonna have to get to our jobs, and yeah. then we're gonna have to die alone. Oh boy. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I agree, but. And I understand, having listened to... Oh, here's, they, here's the best part. This is where Saker ambushes the guest. I, and this is where I ambush the guest. Justin, you're fucking wrong. No. <laughs> no, please. Hey, like, I would well, love... Well, yeah, it's please. hard because we've hit... On the first album, there were some real duds. And so having been forced to listen to each of these songs no less than 50 times, not like intermittently was like a beautiful spring day, but mm-hmm. it certainly was a breath of fresh air. I can imagine in your position, having to listen to one Bare Naked Lady song <laughs> for a podcast and it wasn't great is, is bad. But for us, this was like, okay, it wasn't a blame it on me. It wasn't a, uh, you know, uh, box set. A bo- oh, fuck you. Box set is a great song. Box set's Thank a good you, song. Justin See, Gor- McElroy. <laughs> Gordon has a lot. The only ones I don't like on Gordon are "Wrap Your Arms Around Me," and I'm not crazy about like "I Love You" and "Nuke." Yeah, on the oh, block. "Nuke" on the block, uh, or "Blame It," or I love you. "Blame It on Me," <laughs> uh, or "The Flag." Yeah, uh, the flag. Is, yeah, those those are all a little bit rough to get through. Um, but yeah, and and so so intermittently then is you know not it's not a a new kid on the block um, at the very least. Um, so, and we'll get to, obviously, we're going to rate the song a million years from now. Yes, (laughs) in the future. Um, yeah, so, so I don't know. What did you think about it, Evan? Uh, for me, it was a, 
it was a good song. Uh, it, I came in at the sort of the same way you did, where I we come off of these songs that I hated, right? <laughs> uh, some of them, and then we get intermittently with it, in, intermittently, uh, which honestly I enjoyed listening to. It sort of it was like peak '90s song for me. It sounded so '90s, and then but the thing is, when I finish. I could I could not tell you what this song sounds like. Like seriously, I've listened to it a hundred yes. times. I'm looking at the lyrics right now, and I don't know what it sounds like. Right, I right. know there's like a Latin part, there's like a bossa nova part, and I know there's like a rock part, and that's and then there's a coda, and that's the end of the song. Like I just that's all I remember. Sure. Yeah. And I think to me that is what I am drawn to. Like I like I don't mind some of the like a little bit of the mm-hmm. silliness. Um, and I you know I'll take this. I'll take the like tonal shifts over like the fucking goofy cartoon noises in no! Bedside Manor or whatever. But like the the uh, it's it feels like they didn't have a they were trying to cover up for the fact that they didn't have it and it is similar to I think what you guys talked about with the King of Bedside Manor. Like where there is definitely a central idea that is strong, but rather than just like make that idea, they they pushed it into other areas to almost to kind of show it feels a little show offy. Right. Obviously that's not I have probably how they would have thought of it, but it does feel that way for me. It's like, well, let's get sort of one consistent idea mm-hmm. musically and like just, just yeah. Crush you know, it. I felt like this was the entirety of Gordon smashed into one song because Gordon they they dip their toes into like oh samba and you know uh, you know a, a ballad a rock song straightforward rock song and this they were just like let's slam it all into one tune let's do a big orchestral number and let's do an acoustic part and yeah it was very very. Uh, a lot of whiplash in this song for me, at least. Mm. I felt like they had a they sort of this song sort of had a rawer sound for me than than the Gordon for some reason. Like it sounds like they were trying to be a '90s rocker in this song. Yeah, mm. well, I, th- mm-hmm. I mean, the the one-two punch at the beginning of this album of Jane last week and intermittently this week is just like, I mean, as as we talked about in the Jane episode, which we've definitely recorded, recorded already. And we all know, we know all the secrets. <laughs> um, I mean, that one starts a, a, when that song starts. It could be, you know, uh, a, a a Gin Blossom song or a Foo mm-hmm. Fighter song to me. This one sounds a little more quintessentially bare naked ladies. Like I, I I thought that bass slide at the beginning, that mm-hmm. like like the one that reminds you of like throwing up a little bit like i just ate a bunch of fries at the county fair and then rode a roller coaster like that one it it's i don't think you'd hear that on the radio uh, i don't know see i had the opposite read like i felt really? like i felt like jane is a much more quintessentially bare naked lady song for me than, than this one this one sounded like 90s rock interesting yeah um i like the uh I, I imagine it's interesting looking at the songs in the fashion y'all are doing it because you start to see like thematic elements that get repeated. And yep. I do, I have always very much enjoyed, and I think this is more of a page thing. Um, and that may speak to his psyche. I do not know, but uh, that like sort of narcissistic self-loathing <laughs> or narcissistic self-awareness that I yes. really <laughs> dig in like, I think you see it in this tune where it's sort of like this person knows that they've fallen out of love with the person that they're singing about, but they're too much of a coward to do anything about it. Like, yeah. I think it's similar to sort of the self-loathing or narcissism that you see in like, um, uh, wizard of magic land. What's the subtitle? Which one? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah it's the, only me. It's only me. Um, I think in, uh, thanks. That was fun. Yeah. You know, you see that sort of like self-loathing cowardice, of somebody who's like not grown up enough to be in a relationship. Yes. Um, and I think that if you if you looked, I bet you could find some others that like look like love songs 
on the surface maybe, but really are sort of declarations of incompetence. Right. Um, and I, I think that that's, I, I don't know, I think that that's really more interesting to listen to than sort of a straight up and down uh, love song. Sure, and, and bridging on that, I thought this uh, this might just be that they're a little bit older when they're putting these songs out, but it, for me, this song felt more sort of self-aware of that particular mm. aspect than Gordon did, because I we had this sort of running theme in Gordon where their songs about failed relationships and failed people, shitty and they're narrators. kind of bad, shitty narrators, yeah. and we're like, well, are they talking from personal experience, or are they just writing about shitty narrators? But here, there's sort of like an awareness, even that coda, and he just kind of shoehorns it in at the end, like... <laughs> I'm a bad guy, I don't know, I fucked up everything, everything's ruined forever. Like. Didn't have a heart to say goodbye, so I continued in my Charlton ways. Did I say hard, I meant to say got so, now I'm on my own. And I'm sorry that you've gone. And that, I think, it's even quieter, which is kind of like thematically interesting. I had to turn it up on the mix. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like the volume I was listening to, I thought the song had ended. And I was like, wait, are they still, and then I had to like, Pot up the volume to hear yeah, and it does, it the does rest end. of it. Yeah. Which I, I yeah. wonder if that's also thematically like, th- this is the shit that I was too scared to say, so I'm going to exactly. say it quietly and quickly and like just get it out there so that it's out there. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I do feel like, like in my notes I wrote like, the narrator from Gordon doesn't seem to have grown up much. But you know, yeah, hearing you guys talk about it, you're right. Because at least in this song, he recognizes his shittiness. Mm-hmm. Like he calls he calls it his charlatan ways at the end of the song. Mm-hmm. Um but still, I mean, so let's talk about the narrative of this song a little bit. Do you, I mean, he's, is he cheating on his girlfriend? That's kind of what I got. Um, I don't know if that's, if that's what you guys got as well, or if I was alone on that, or what, what, do, anybody, any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's a, a, a fair read. He's, seems like he's been in a long-term relationship with somebody. He doesn't feel it anymore, but he also doesn't have the guts to put an end to the relationship. Sure. And so he is with someone else that is sort of like filling in the, the, the gaps. Yes. Um, yeah. 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 She's a lot like you. She don't look like you. She's not you, but she'll do fine. She's a lot like you, but she don't look like you. Okay. She's not you, but she'll do because we know that the relationship isn't over yet, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but yeah, he's he's clearly you know some someone somewhere is dreaming of me. Um, I don't know. So that, that sort of actually spoke to me because I mean, who hasn't been in a relationship that's gone on a little too long because one party couldn't bring it, you know, bring themselves to end it? Yeah, I mean, inertia is such a powerful force in relationships, and I have many many friends who have just sort of settled down and uh, you know just are in a relationship that isn't making them super happy, but isn't making them sad enough to end it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess in that way, I mean, he, does he break up with her? Does she break up with him? I mean, at the end of the song, now I'm on my own and I'm sorry that you're gone. I mean, something has happened here and I don't feel like he had the guts to do it. I don't know. This is a, this is a tough read on this song. Mm-hmm. Um, there seems to be a shift in the time lot, like some yes. time has elapsed right before sure. the end of the song. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that this the lyrics of this song are, are really well written, and I love the the emphasis that he gives to, like, in the chorus, the I love you, pause, intermittently. I love intermittently. I love you intermittently. 
I love you, Intermittent. Like, I, I, I love that he's not just playing with the words, but he's playing with the, 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 the timbre of the song and like how, how it's spoken, um, that it, it has a, a very, you know, iffy feel to it. Like, Oh, I love you. And then whispered under his breath, like, you know, every so often, <laughs> but, but he still does love her. Even, yeah. Even if in brief bursts. Ugh. So there's that, there's that inertia rearing it's a great ugly head. Like you can, you can, you look at this person, you go, yeah, I can see why I'm with you. Yeah. Like, and, but I'm not head over heels for you. Like I used to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It it it's in it's interesting to because uh, you have to wonder like why is he saying that part? Like I love you intermittently almost seems like like it it, it could be honest, but that could also be sort of like trying to placate the person mm. that you're talking to. Like sure. no no no, I do love you sometimes. Right. Like I do for <laughs> sure love you from time to time, and I, and uh, I. I think he's using that. This is the, the, the thinking about it now and looking at it. I, I think he's using the person who this this other person to sort of destroy the relationship for him. Like he he in the first verse he says someone somewhere has unglued our epoxy, <laughs> and th- parallels that saying somewhere someone is dreaming of me tries to love me hope you don't mind. Somewhere someone. So we can assume that that's the same person, right? The person who is dreaming of sure. me and 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 wants to be with me is the person who is undoing our right. sort of relationship. So I'm like, it's sort of like I started a new relationship with this other person, and we're just gonna see where it goes, kind of see <laughs> see what happens. I don't know. Yeah, maybe yeah. Maybe we'll break up because of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely, this person is self sabotaging. I definitely think so. But then again, I think the alien from Gordon is is so. I mean, this is I, Stephen Page is you know, is writing about himself over and over again. And I have to wonder what his damn life is like. <laughs> like, it seems really sad. And it's interesting, too, because on this album, um, uh, Wikipedia, which is the most credible source, um, says that that Robertson and Page didn't really collaborate on the songs. They they wrote independent songs and then mm-hmm. sang their independent songs with the backing band and whatever. Um, so and and Ed's songs are a little more upbeat and hopeful than Steve's songs. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think since we're speaking about the lyrics right now, does anybody have anything for every morning I hit the ground yawning? Every morning I just hit the ground yawning. Like he's just, is it like he's just bored? I just, I love the energy he gives to that line. There's a live version where he just fucking hits that line so hard. Mm-hmm. Every morning I just. It's, that's definitely my favorite line in the whole song, but I had, I had difficulty, um, sort of reading that one too. Um, go ahead, I, Justin. I got the sense with that line that maybe they just came up, he just came up with a good line. Yeah. And decided right. to put it in this, like, <laughs> oh, it's like running, but yawning. I'm just going to put that in here. Cause it's like, it doesn't seem particularly, particularly germane to the rest of it. I mean, you could say that maybe it's in reference to the old relationship, like it's gotten stale. Um, and you know, that's, I guess, but 
I feel like a lot of Paige's songwriting comes like he just gets this really good idea for a line and then sort of shoehorns it like distance makes the heart grow fungus. Yeah, my, <laughs> my favorite line of any of the you know very naked lady songs. I wonder of course. if he he builds the songs around these lines I don't or think if he so. just has like a little like... notepad he keeps in his pocket of like little oh this is a twist on a phrase that I'll use someday. Well, I think that if he built a song around it it would make more sense. Yeah, in that's context. true. You're <laughs> so right. I think it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, his, I, I like, I like the first lines a lot. The someone somewhere is unglued our epoxy. Now I'm kissing you by proxy. When I was a child listening to this song, I, in fact, until I looked up the lyrics this week to start talking about this song, I always thought it was someone somewhere has a moon our epoxia, which didn't make any sense to me then still doesn't now. <laughs> I, yeah, but the, he doesn't do it any favors because the first time he sings that line, he adds like just like a weird vocal tick after yeah, epoxy. Uh, he yeah, says yeah. epoxy. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Someone somewhere has a nude epoxy. Fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I do. I like the epoxy proxy rhyme. I like the idea. Um, yeah, I'm a little mad at unglued our epoxy. Unglued our glue? Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah, unpoxied our epoxy, you okay. dumb shit. <laughs> what? You can't, un- you know, uh, glue is what it is. Glue yeah. is glue. You can't glue unglue glue. glue. Oh. Water is not wet. Oh, oh, all right. Oh, yeah, you would unglue the lips, not unglue the epoxy. Guys, I'm slowly understanding <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> I feel like uh... this is basically my life on this podcast is slowly educating <laughs> Saker. You might argue that this is your life in a nutshell. Oh, oh in a nutshell. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yep. That is a right. real Stephen Page line that <laughs> you write down in a little notepad and use later. <laughs> my nutshell. Um, yeah, the harmonies as usual. Well, there weren't any harmonies. There, there were. There's the uh, body. Uh, ha, ha, that's ooh, not a. That's like that's a backing vocal. No, there's there, there's a bunch of them doing it. Right, but it's a, I mean, it's a harmony in that. I, 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 that's something I wrote down because Stephen, this is the first song I think that Stephen Page has sort of been alone in his vocals for that's, a while, yeah, for the majority of, of the. Solo. So he's singing by himself, and you know, normally you have Ed or, you know, the the one of the Cregans chiming in. Yeah. But yeah. uh, but now he's just sort of he's sort of alone, and I think that stuck out, that stuck out to me do more you, than anything else in the song. Do you think this was meant to be maybe sort of a radio hit, and that's not really something that you'd typically like more of a, of a straightforward pop song eh, not really because there's so many genres in here right yeah, yeah. Why, why didn't they use their harmonies hmm. well i think it, they might have been trying and again i'm trying to put thoughts in their head they might right. have been trying to sort of uh isolate him because the song is about him him isolating himself oh. from this relationship Boy, i feel like you're putting a lot more thought into it than they may have. i always do <laughs> no i'm sure that they they're very deep songwriters yeah yeah i mean if they're gonna if you're gonna write a song about Canada's fraught relationship with Quebec, you know, you're gonna... Oh boy. Evan, do you <laughs> think this I'll is about that. Canada's relationship with Quebec? Probably. <sighs> go ahead, Evan. I don't need to go ahead. No, no, it no. It writes itself. We all desperately want to hear your interpretation of this song. I just think it's about Canada's fraught relationship during Quebec, specifically in like the 80s and 90s, like under <laughs> René Lévesque, the, the, like the pro-Quebec movement. You've got the... Um, October crisis with the the pro sovereignty movement setting off bombs and things. So they're basically Quebec is trying to get so, its own sovereignty as like the francophone speakers are outnumbering the anglophones and they're they're just pushing for their own sovereignty and then they sort of self sabotage through this uh, basically terrorist movement. 
I hate so, you. <laughs> but here's the thing. Quebec, it's been on the docket a number of times, like Quebec's sovereignty, uh-huh. and they voted it down. Okay. Uh, so, okay. So they they have a chance to end this relationship. Okay. But they keep, they keep going over and over again. And actually, they did a symbolic vote, I want to say, in the, in the early aughts. Uh, where they voted like symbolically that Canada, that Quebec is its own its own nation within Canada, how but much, it means nothing. How much research do you do for this stupid podcast? I am a researcher. Yeah, no, by trade. So, Justin, so I do you can't, ever read uh, on this where you think it's about some sort of uh, alien in a car crash, or maybe like a an ode to the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, or some other stupid ass? There, um, there, there is a. Um... Uh, there, there might be giants interview to bring them up again. There's, there might be giants uh-huh. interviewer. The interviewer who does not seem to be particularly plugged in is asking about um, uh, "Birdhouse in Your Soul," right? Which is a song about a, a blue canary nightlight. Yeah. And the interviewer says, "So this song is it about uh, the the nightlight? Does it represent sort of making place for people in in your life, or making place for people in in the world, or or where, what does it sort of mean to you?" And John Linnell says, "Well, it's a song." About a nightlight. <laughs> it may be a pretty nightlight, but it is a song about a nightlight. <laughs> and I, so good. I, I, I would tend to think that that, that is, that would, that's kind of what I, I think this is a song about how Stephen Page don't like himself so much and yeah. maybe ain't so great in some relationships sometimes and maybe he's grown. I don't know, but uh, it don't, doesn't seem like it at this point in his life. Huh. Do you think what? the the cocaine was the himself sabotaging himself with the band? Yikey, maybe <laughs> that's I don't possible. No, maybe it's just the road's tough. <laughs> you know, the road's yeah. tough. I know he's been struggling with there. clinical depression his whole life, so I have. Yeah. You can cut him some slack. Sigmund Freud once said, "Sometimes a cocaine is just a cocaine," and I think in this scenario, we've got to believe him. Is it? Uh, <laughs> Gordon is such a terrible name for an album that I'm sort of blown away by how good a name for an album Maybe You Should Drive is. It's like a very good name for an album, I think. It, They've, yeah, I don't it de- think they topped it, really. Like, certainly not with Maroon or Stunt. <laughs> Born on a Pirate Ship ain't bad. But Born like, Maybe a- You Should Drive, that's uh, good stuff. I was about to say how bad Born on a Pirate Ship is. You're a fan of that one? I mean, it's... I guess it. I guess not. Compared, <laughs> I mean, to stu- compared to stunt and maroon. Hey, here's yeah. a weird question: Do they have any out? Al- like, are their album titles always not songs? Like, oh, you know what I'm no, saying? Like titular track, from- like titular track, mm-hmm. or yeah, like yeah. even like reference something in the album. Like, I don't think I can't think of any. Well. They, we have a supposition on an episode that hasn't aired yet that the last song on Gordon is about a man named J. King Gordon, uh, who was a uh, a diplomat <laughs> in and a humanitarian uh, and a humanitarian. But no, hmm. in fact, correct. I think that no, the nothing has anything to do with anything. Maybe on one of the later albums there. Uh, there might be a titular track, maybe on Grinning Streak. Is there a song called Grinning Streak? I don't know. I haven't done a whole lot of research on those later ones yet. Um, we'll get there. There's there's time. I mean, know, I got, think we, we can, got our whole lives ahead of us. We can all agree that the album art is definitely a gigantic <laughs> Mondo step forward. Like, if you look at the, oh, the original cover of Gordon, not yes. the one with the just oh, the Pepsi God. logo with the words, but yes. the one with... You want to put all of them in a toilet. Yes, there are five do. men, and you want to put all of the men in one toilet, 
and then each in their own individual toilets. They're just you want to put them all in toilets. No, all very, these toilet guys. I very much agree. Like you, it's it's so eighties and nerdy that you just can't cringe. It's like watching the intro to Saved by the Bell a hundred times. I had to read where that was coming from. Do you do you know where where the Gordon cover came from? The original one. No. Ba- basically, they said like. I want you all to pretend like that little striped ball is coming towards you and we're going to Photoshop it in later. So like, that's why Steven Page has his hands up and like Ed Robertson is screaming, but clearly like the, the, the director or whatever didn't give them any direction for the cover. And it looks like hot garbage. And absolute 100%. Madness. Do you, it's in madness. fact, maybe, maybe this is why born on a pirate ship. This is the distinction between the two of us. Do you know where that name comes from? No. Okay, Justin, here's what I want you to do right now. Uh, I don't know if you have your mic in a stand, do you? Yeah. Okay, I want you to take each of your index fingers and loop okay. it to each side of your mouth, one to each side, and pull it uh-huh. taut. And then I want you to, wait, no, wait, shit, no, it's grab your tongue. Grab your tongue, and I want you to say, Our born tongue. on a pirate ship. Born on a pirate ship. You were born on a pile of shit? Ha ha ha, you dumbass. That's Sager. literally where that name comes from. Sager. This isn't funny. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to insult our friend Justin McElroy. He just, he just <laughs> left the, the Skype he, phone call. Oh, God, he did. <laughs> J- Justin? How <laughs> dare you? I'm so sorry. How I didn't, I didn't mean to. dare just, you make me a broadcasting audio professional put it put something like that <laughs> those words you would make me say those words that i was bo- i was born in huntington west virginia <laughs> yeah. and it wasn't on a pile of shit i am a guest <laughs> i'm a guest here and you made me say that terrible thing i'm so so yeah, sorry allow me to extend my sincerest apologies i was horrified when saker did that to you it's your my... fault too evan you made the show with him you knew uh, you knew he was capable of something like that you know when you agreed to he it he just seems like such a nice guy and you never Does know I'm, I'm, I'm sorry guys i i can promise you that no one is going to isolate that audio and use it to make some sort of bump and techno track with you just you saying that you over and over make again those promises <laughs> you can't make those promises i know it means nothing i'm sorry <laughs> Do you do you all feel like the 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 how much of maybe you should drive? And I know you're only like two songs in. Yeah. How much of maybe you should drive? Do you feel like is maybe a like they definitely had the label of like goofy rock, right? That like I think you you see this with bands sometimes where like starting off as more of a that they don't want to be labeled a novelty act right, right. so mm-hmm. they they uh, moxie Cruz is the best example i can come up with which is not that useful to y'all but like do you how much of um maybe you should drive do you feel like is like a a response to that or trying to distance themselves from that like identity i think there's a lot of it that's doing it like i think that that there's maybe one or two songs on here like tiny little song and um Oh man, maybe that's it. Maybe a a little bit that are kind of goofy, 
But I do feel like they were trying to make themselves look a little more serious. And and you're right. I think distance themselves. That's something I hadn't really considered. Um, yeah, but well, I think you're definitely right. Yeah, you want to show you want to show that you've matured as an artist, right? For your sophomore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But then I wonder because Born on a Pirate Ship takes such a hard right back to that. I wonder if just maybe you should drive underperformed, or maybe they felt like it wasn't true to themselves. But like I feel like it definitely it it loops backwards. It was not. Uh, there's three reviews that are linked on the Wikipedia page for the album, and they're all like three out of five stars. So I don't know. Um, you know, I I think it probably is an album that makes more sense in context of like when you look at it as an entire career rather sure. than, you know, if this was the 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 second of two albums that they had made, I could see why this would be kind of like a weird direction for right. them. But like, there's a lot of really good, maybe not a lot. There's, there's there's probably more duds for me. And I say duds as like just albums that I didn't, uh, sorry, songs that I didn't instantly like latch onto. Right. Um, there's probably a lot more of those in this album than there were on uh, Gordon for, for sure. Or ones that I just didn't, like I heard but didn't fully like lean into. I right. will say I do have a, a grudge though, a personal grudge, and you're not going to, get to it for a little bit uh-huh. but uh i'm i'm not going to be probably back on for this uh for <laughs> for this track uh-huh. uh because it's like three away but uh a you do is, you don't like it or you do like it no 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 i love the song okay mm-hmm. but my i've had two cars now that when i have the usb phone plugged in <laughs> that's the first it song. will just start auto playing <laughs> my iTunes library sure. and I couldn't figure out how to shut it off. So for like literally a year and a half, every time I would turn my car on, it would be like that, that particular snippet I've heard so many times because like, a, it's the first song that's going to play. Right. Oh my so God. It, I heard it infinitely. Oh, do you have like a visceral reaction to hearing those first notes now? Like panic and, well, the problem was I would hear the first like 15 seconds and then it would be stuck in my head right. for the rest of the day. Right. right, right. So like because because you have to hear it. That's, that's how a song gets stuck in your head. Sure. It's like you you hear a little bit of it and then your brain needs to hear the end of it. So I would a lot of times end up having to go back <sighs> and uh, listen to the rest of it. So um, that was your, your yeah, one that a day. Was, that is my the thing I think about with A a lot. <laughs> Oh my god, that's that's truly horrifying. What a nightmare story you've given well, us. Well, I've been walking around with bare naked lady songs stuck in my head for as long since this podcast started. Yeah, because we yeah listen. And to it's funny because I really hadn't thought of them much in the in the intervening <laughs> ten years since I was a, a hardcore bare naked ladies fan. In that I owned a couple of their albums and went and see them in concert a few times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's certainly. I mean, they, they are very good at creating earworms. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of uh, that's kind of their jam. Um, wow. Well, that's that's interesting. I I don't know if I would be able to to live with myself if A was stuck in my head every single day. So you're a better man than I. We actually do have a segment on the podcast. One of our rotating segments <laughs> yeah. is is called "I Live with It Every Day." And you, it's you ask how long you would kill yourself, or how long until you killed yourself if you could only hear this song over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. I don't. Any last thoughts on on uh, on this song on intermittently before we get down and rate it? Um, I, I, 
I, I think I've probably said everything there is to say about the song Intermittently sure. by the by, uh, Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> probably too much about the song Intermittently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I do like that big, huge orchestral bridge. I think it glues the song together. That's really the only note that we didn't cover here. Yeah, yeah. Evan? I, I don't know. I think breaking up's hard to do. So I can, <laughs> I got a, I got a real, uh, you know, a real soft spot for this song, at least lyrically. Right, right. I mean, because it's, it's, inertia is a really powerful force in relationships and you just get like this sunk cost fallacy where you're just stuck in this relationship and sort of, mm-hmm. it's too much, it's easier to stay than it is to put forth the effort to actually put an end to it. I've, I feel like not to get too personal with you, but you've broken up with a, a very serious relationship, yeah, yeah. a fiance at yeah, one point. I, uh, so. That's why this is a personal chord because I was I was in one of these relationships with a with a very very nice girl. Yeah, but we just weren't compatible, but we were compatible enough we could stay together. Right, right. You know, so we could settle for each other. Sure. And I just took a chance, and now I'm with uh, a really great partner who I love very much, and we have a little kid, and it's great. Yeah. All so right. I mean, uh, I do. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank I, you. I have been in a similar <laughs> scenario, uh, so I'm I I I I feel you. Uh, I do want to give, I do want to add one note because I, you probably would have to do this a lot. We'll have to do this on, a lot on your show, but God, what a vocalist Stephen Page is. Like, oh, yeah. even sure. not, even the parts that I'm not enjoying, like when he really like lays it on and puts the, the, that like raw power behind something, yeah. it, it destroys. Like it is, it's like, it, I think that is the sound that I miss the most yeah. in, in the, even more than the songwriting, just that, that like. Um, that you hear like in, uh, I think the best versions of it are like in live versions of Break Your Heart. Yeah. If you ever hear like, oh my God, man, the, the, can, it just melts it. Yeah, he really sure. bring it. It's like, for me, I, I always like, likened it to in my head, like just like sort of wading into a warm waterfall of butterscotch. It's just so <laughs> sweet and savory, uh, just all at once, salted caramel. Just And there's like a desperation oh, so to it yeah. that I really, that really helps to drive songs like that yeah, home. For sure. Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think Ed Roberts is totally competent. Yeah, he's a good vocalist. But but there's a there's a uh, I mean I guess Genesee qua I don't I don't even know. Stephen Page has something. He's got that power. I, I think I agree with the desperation as well. But he's he's got an emotion in his voice that Ed Robertson just can't replicate on on his stuff. It's I don't know. Well, you know I I pulled Break Your Heart out of the uh, out of the air, but the uh, talk about the lyrics of those like returning to the same themes as in, sure. intermittently. Yeah, like. It, uh, the bravest thing I've ever done was to run away high, but not this time. Yeah. And the weakest thing I've ever done was to stare up by your side. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I bet that's the same relationship, huh? <laughs> yup. Stephen Page has one note that he keeps hitting, but you know what? He's, I think he is hitting it in different, interesting ways. Um, because sometimes he'll do it as a ballad and sometimes he'll do it as a rock song and like, sometimes he'll blame himself. Sometimes yeah. he'll blame her. Well, and... there are a lot of songs on Gordon that hit the same note, but none of them spoke to me in the way this did personally. This well, one, this one also, spoke. To... We also also only get one life, you know, you, sure. you have to draw from, which is why I think that you tend to see bands, um, you know, get less relatable as they go on sure. because they, you know, you have this one life of experiences and unless you're somebody who's like complete, always like seeking out new things, like, it, you know, it's, it's funny. You, you have these like experiences on your first album that you can talk about that are relatable to people like because because you come from the same background as people and then you go into a new uh, you you know you're all all of a sudden mega rich and famous 
And how are you supposed to write a relatable song mm-hmm. again? Like at that point, you know, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily true of, of Bare Naked Ladies, but, you know, he has that one life of material to, to use up. So maybe it's a little bit more forgivable that like on later albums, artists tend to, to lose some of that, that edge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think a lot of their later songs are sort of very nostalgic and not in the same way that this album is nostalgic for uh, sort of their childhood, but it, it leans into, I don't know if you've heard their, their new stuff, but there's like Canada dries one of their songs on their new album. And it's like, Boy, I miss the days of Gordon. Like I miss when we were all touring together, and like it's their Yellow Submarine. So it's yeah, they're weirdly getting like more or and Octopus's more Garden. My mistake. More and more recursive, I think, because yeah, mm-hmm. they, they only do ha- have so much, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. I like that. Um, yeah, I, I'm I, I hit most of that, but I was just thinking about that pile of shit thing again. <laughs> Justin, I don't know if you've uh, if you know the scale here, but we rate on a scale of. Fully clothed to bare naked. The more clothes the song has on, mm. the worse it is. A bare naked song is the best you can get. So we're going to start, as we always do, with Evan. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> Evan, tell us what you think about this song. But bare naked, fully clothed, where in the middle? Uh, this song was partially clothed for me. Okay. Uh, it's it's wearing, I mean, it's it's wearing like a, uh, so it's like a picture of an ex on Facebook. Uh-huh. And you're just kind of like, you know, because you get those, you get those wild hairs up your ass and you kind of go and you're like, I wonder what's, what she's doing or uh-huh. I wonder what they're doing. So you kind of, you kind of just go and you click on their little, type in their name, click on it and you see a, you know, a couple pictures. You're like, oh, they look pretty good. Yeah. So it's like, it's like looking at a past ex and going, ah, yeah. Yeah. But then like, as soon as you close it, like they're, they're, they did well, you know, they're doing well for themselves. So you're kind of happy for them. And then you just close the browser and forget about them and you never talk about it, think about it again. Evan? Yeah. This, you're supposed to be rating this song on bare naked to fully clothed, not on inanimate object to Facebook picture. Well, I mean, it's so. A, wait, was the was the picture of your ex? Oh boy, hey, I hate to ask this question, hey. but I mean, you got to give me a clothing rating here. Yeah, like I said, they were they're they look they're wearing uh, a, a sporty top. Okay. And some uh, very good and some jorts. <laughs> Love it, jorts and a sporty like all my exes wear. Yeah, jorts and a sporty. Top. I made some mistakes in my past. <laughs> Um, I think in honor of our, our guest, Justin McElroy and the Adventure Zone, I think that this song you son of a bitch. is as, <laughs> if, came at me. as as if someone is is wearing a, a ring of blink, right? So they they appear and then they disappear intermittently, one might say. So <laughs> they have they have clothes, they don't have the clothes are appearing, disappearing. I think this song is both uh, again, we listen to a lot of clunkers on these albums, and this one is not a clunker, but it's certainly not a hit. So, the, are they blinking or are their clothes blinking? Yeah, off? wait, their their ring, their clothes have a ring of blink. It's sewed <laughs> into the line. A ring of partial, of occasional nudity, intermittent, yes. intermittent nudity. Ring of intermittent nudity. There you go. Indeed, uh, Justin, what do you think? Uh, I feel like it's it's wearing a robe, like but like a very long robe that covers most of the body, like. They're naked underneath it for uh-huh. sure, and it's just the one robe. But it's also like, I don't know about this robe. <laughs> okay, like a tattered, like threadbare. It's a very bad scale. So I'm trying to do the best of the bad situation <laughs> yeah. here, and that's where that's where I ended up is this robe. Sure, sure, I feel you. But maybe okay. you want to tell me how I'm born on a pile of shit again? No, 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 and no. Because I didn't do a good enough job. Justin, you were maybe you, you were great. I, I really, I, I'm sorry. I was just. I have never been more disappointed in Saker. <laughs> Listen. I mean, so you're it's so it's every time like this, right? Yeah. It's oh, like he gets a, he constant. gets he gets worse and worse. I have oh, almost boy. walked off this show several times. Okay. <sighs> That's rough. Actually, I, I am, physically. I'm sorry to hear that. I actually had to physically attack him. I think one or two episodes ago. Uh, um, you're I, listen. Once you get like bare naked ladies or or men, you're gonna be 
at each other's throats constantly. That album fucking shreds. <laughs> I love Barricade Ladies Are Men. I'm sorry to take I'm not saying I'm not saying anything against that album. I'm saying that like it's a ways oh, away is what yeah, I'm saying. You're right. Oh, yeah. I, I truly I understand now. Again, everything needs explained to me several times, so now <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Uh it's like podcasting with a four year old. Yeah. Sorry. That I don't like. <laughs> Justin. Bank job. Oh, coming back on to talk oh, about bank job. I love that tune. Hey, we will have you on for any song you would like. Send us a list, and <laughs> you've you've got your pick, my friend. We will okay, have you on, you. and I promise not to make you say bad things anymore. And uh, yeah, and maybe. Ooh, you! Sh- I, I'm so excited. I really enjoyed you at the Columbus Podcasting Festival this year, and uh, hopefully next well, year we're gonna apply to be on. And we would love to have you as our first live guest too. That would be a blast. So, but we can talk about it when it comes closer, Justin. Thank you so much for being on It's All Been Done. Thank you so much. This was my so great much. pleasure. Excellent. This was so much fun. All right. Well, uh, thanks. Thank you, See Evan. You. It was so nice to be here with you. <laughs> that's good. Next Fuck time, it. next time, how about you just you and I do it, and we'll just leave Saker off. That's that's great. Okay, we, I won't make we it. We talk about Bruce Coburn tunes. <laughs> this is our Bruce Coburn review show. <laughs> <laughs> Lovers in a dangerous time. I know that one, guys. I'm here too. <laughs> it's cool. All right. Thanks, Justin. Get out of here. No problem. Bye. All right, we'll be right back with more It's All Been Done. Hey, Evan. Yeah, you be you. (laughs) Me be me. And you know, Jerome be... Me be me me. Oh, me me be me me. That's an oldie but a goodie. Uh, Jerome be TV. That's right, Jerome's TV (laughs) reviews. Jerome be TV? Yeah, Jerome btv for nearly 10 years so he just reviews all of television (laughs) i think he just indiscriminately turns on his television hits the random button on his remote that we all have yeah and then whatever comes up he reviews it's really interesting he'll get like the last three minutes of downton abbey (laughs) or like (laughs) the first seven seconds of a charmin commercial (laughs) bits and pieces of media jarman jarman's tv reviews i combined jerome and charmin i remember there was a streaming service shutter where they stream horror movies yeah have you heard of it it's it's pretty good uh but one of their features is like television so they will just randomly put their movies onto this channel and you can just sign on and so you'll come on like you like in the olden days where you turn oh, your TV cool. and be like oh this is the end of Dracula dead and loving it <laughs> it's kind of neat actually Leslie Nielsen although I don't think that's on Shudder yeah this is the a weird some Italian giallo film by <laughs> Luigi Fulci oh Sapricia again um well Jerome Suspiria no Sapricia <laughs> it's <laughs> Italian for surprise <laughs> hey, we got you up in- uh we have to cut out these Italian references for nearly 10... You can always do an Italian accent. Yeah, you can. You can, I suppose. For nearly 10 <laughs> years and more than 2,500 reviews, Jerome Wetzel has reviewed scripted television. He covers dramas, comedies, broadcast, cable, and even streaming networks. Shudder, perhaps. Often oh. reviewing shows before they air. He's the chief television critic for Seat42F.com and a contributor to Blog Critics Magazine. Head on over to IABDpresents.com to see links to his latest column, as well as all of our other programs. Of which we are one. Yeah. So they could go on to It's All Been Done Presents and listen to us there. That would be great. (laughs) Support us from every possible location. Uh, Give us the most click-throughs and nothing will happen. How do do you think Jerome gets to review shows before they air? Can we review new Bearded Lady songs before they air? We'll have to get a line on the bare naked ladies or maybe get steve page to give us his future powers <laughs> that would be good oh that's not a bad idea actually. so here we go bye the next bare naked ladies song we review will be fruity gumdrops <laughs> from snack, snack time, time two, two. <laughs> return of the snacks <laughs> 
All right, it's time to spin that big giant wheel and figure out what our segment is going to be today. So Evan, we have our wheel, it's spinning and... Ooh, the segment today is The Wrong Man Was Convicted. <laughs> so with The Wrong Man Was Convicted, we try to figure out who should cover this song. So the Bernicke ladies in this case were the wrong man. So who is the right man? Who, who should, whose song should this be? So this, this song screams 90s rock to me. So I think we have to keep it in sort of the 90s rock oeuvre. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, no one sort of, for me, no one exemplified the 90s rock oeuvre more than like Nirvana. They were sort of the poster child for the whole grunge movement, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were, everything broke out. So I think that, I feel like Kurt Cobain's sort of strung out whiny vocals okay. would have been fun and this could have been oh god no this would make it sad though because it's probably this would probably be his like suicide note <laughs> jesus yeah so i don't like that anymore let's do something else i courtney Quick, love help you me intermittently help me out help me well, out here's what help i was thinking okay. i don't think nirvana could do a song like this because i feel like nirvana was kind of grunge and that's it but you know when i maybe i just have them on the brain because we've just been talking about them but i feel like who's good at multiple genres who's good at cramming them all into one song Weird i think out. about fingertips i think about they might be giants well, that's that is the easiest reach you could ever take absolutely with like, this is not a challenge this is not like let's think of well, the dumbest answer we could think of we should think of something entertaining and it's just like a the answer to everyone every Every time this comes up, it's going to be... It is not going to be It's going to be like if I had a million dollars. The answer is I invested <laughs> invest carefully. <laughs> it's the only smart thing to do, Dude, Evan. Well, you're such millennials. Well, <laughs> you're a millennial and I'm an ex-millennial. So okay, I think Koji Kondo should cover this no, song. don't be... The, the composer of the Super Mario Brothers soundtrack. You don't need to take it like that, man. Just, just you know... No, you called me an asshole to podcast with. Now I'm fucking pissed. Well, you know You what? made me look like an idiot in front of Justin McElroy. And you know what? You're just... You made yourself look like an idiot, and you're just proving your point by yelling at me on air. But, uh, yeah, who should cover this song? I think, um, so if, if They Might Be Giants is too easy, we've got to think of a band who can perform in multiple styles, uh, maybe even within the same song. Um, so I'm thinking maybe, because a lot of this song is rock, but then there's some orchestral stuff. And then there's the, the sort of bossa nova yeah, hey, by the way, I think that's a mandolin at the end of the song, which I think is interesting because an acoustic guitar is not credited on this song, but oh. a mandolin is, which I think is a really cool way to use a mandolin. Um, I think this song should be covered by... Are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. The Beach Boys. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they have they have some orchestral stuff. They have some rock stuff. Mm-hmm. I could hear... Uh, I wish there were more harmonies in the song, but maybe the Beach Boys could add those harmonies. Um, I think that... that uh, I don't know. I think that if anybody could evoke Stephen Page's passion, mm-hmm. it might be might be uh, uh, Brian or uh, uh, Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson, excuse me. I was about to say Brian lying, Eno. Lying in bed, just like I certainly did. <laughs> yeah. Or is that too easy? Because we've we've I done mean, that before. It's a, it's a callback. It is a callback. And those are good. Uh, so I think that. I mean, I, I I nodded when I heard the Beach Boys. Okay. Like the Beach Boys are good. It's a it's a close reach, but I don't think it's as close as. Like, it doesn't immediately spring to mind for me. Like beach, sure. If, if I had a propos of, of nothing, okay. like, I wouldn't immediately think Bare Naked Ladies Beach Boys. Sure. Other than they both begin with the letter B. Sure. Okay. Um, I don't know. Any other pools? Ooh, what about, like... I think Kondo Koji would do a really good job, though, with this. <laughs> like, a chip, a chip set of this. What about, um... What about, like... This is fucked up. What about the gorillas? 
Huh. Do you think the gorillas could do intermittently? I don't think the subject matter is along their lines, but they do do a lot of like crazy genre shifting. Right. Um, I think they could certainly update this song for a so, new. Yeah. So are they going to, are we allowing them a lot of leeway? Like, can they put in like a long spoken, oh, a rap break. Long spoken word parts? And yeah. Like that? Okay. okay. I think that'd be cool. Um, I don't know. What do you have? Anything? I already did mine. Which was? Nirvana. Nirvana, but then you quickly backtracked. <laughs> Because you thought about suicide. All right, yeah, cool. Maybe sad. Maybe sad. Yeah, I would. Uh, just trying to think. Like, I, it'd be fun to do like a, a have like a girl band cover this. Ooh, yeah. And then sort of rework the lyrics a little bit maybe, to be from uh, the perspective of a woman who is in a relationship where the guy isn't putting in a hundred percent effort. Yeah. Which is a pretty common real like. like sure, I sure. Can see like a. I can't. Like Cheryl Crow. Back in the nineties. Yeah. Okay. Not like not the not country Cheryl Crow with the twang, but the nothing's anything wrong with that. But like the um. The rocker Cheryl Crow, or, sure. or like a, um, oh, like a Lannis Morissette, because she does a, she has a pretty wide. I like that a instrumental, lot. Instrumental, not like a, a genre range. And like you know she, what? She I think she would be friendly to covering the Bernie Lady songs too. They went mm-hmm. on tour together. Yeah, and they're both Canadians. Yeah, and I can't. I'm surprised we haven't mentioned her on this podcast before. Yeah, when we've that's been weird. Reach, we've been reaching desperately for Canadian <laughs> yeah. bands like Drake. Yeah, and, <laughs> uh, Rush. Yeah, no, I think Alanis works well. All right, so our final answer. Atlantis, Atlantis Marmoset. Marmoset. <laughs> Atlantis Marmoset. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So now it's time for a little bit of bare naked males. If you have a piece of mail that you'd like us to read or a question you'd like us to answer on the podcast, uh, you can email us at it's all been done podcast at gmail.com. So, um, we have a lot of questions. Let's do one from, um, this is a question from Blair Beveridge, who's been on the podcast before, our good Canadian friend Blair. Blair Beveridge, who is most certainly not a vampire. Yes. He says, uh, hey, at Ben Done Pod, question for Evan, no last name. Do you still (laughs) think that Stephen Page is their best lead singer? Most of the album flops, he was the narrator. Pompous and filled with delusions of grandeur, Paige is talented, but in my opinion, is a prima donna. I find Ed more brand true. This is a question for you specifically. Yeah, I, I might dip in, but... None of that... I, I find nothing in that question or anything that I could disagree with. I think that if we're likening them to like a D&D party again, Paige, uh, Paige is sort of a glass cannon for me. Like, he, he can bring it. Yeah. But he also, like shoots wildly into the air a lot of times for me and when i think of bare naked ladies is that what a glass cannon is i thought a glass cannon just broke easily like, yeah he breaks easily oh okay they'll shoot into the air okay if i see what you say okay go ahead yeah. so he's he's firing a lot and sure. he's, he's got a he's got a he's a big caliber weapon ah uh, he's so a he, shotgun and ed robertson so, is a sniper rifle uh, he, he, <laughs> this is a question for me saker I, 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 I'm trying that. to help you with my lovely metaphor. Yeah, well, leave the metaphors to me. All right, fair enough. You, If I need a rhyme, I'll come to you. All okay, right? I have the time. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hate crime. <laughs> so so your so answer is... My answer is is yes. I think Ed is... When I think of Bare Naked Ladies, Ed is the face that pops into my head. Uh-huh. But when I think of their sound, I think that Stephen Page's voice is sort of, is sort of so integral to that to me. Um, 
And I've come uh, I've come around a lot on Edge. On Edge. <laughs> on Edge from U2. <laughs> you, yep. Welcome to You Talking U2 to me, a comprehensive uh, and encyclopedic uh, history of U2. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've come around a lot on Ed. Uh, I didn't like him at first because I sounded like he always had this sort of like, he always sang like he was smiling, but yeah. I felt it was like sort of sarcastic. Like he was coming at like me. He was laughing at, at me, not at with me. me. <laughs> but, but like, nah, he's definitely he's definitely more on brand. And I think he, he and especially like he and Jim Cregan, I think, are the bare naked ladies for me. When yeah. I think, when I think pictures of them and like I just see them bopping around like little now, buddies. that is not the question. The question is best lead singer because Jim Cregan has su sung a few songs and yikey, I do not like him as a singer. Um, I do think that that's an interesting pool. If you said something like Tyler or Kevin, the songs that they sing are, Tyler's not a singer, but he does a couple songs on Snack Time that are mm -hmm. a delight to me. I'm going to put a little sample of one in here because we're never going to cover Snack Time. Allergic to cats, allergic to bees, allergic to dust, allergic to trees, allergic to mold, allergic to weeds. My little brother's allergic to meat. My friend's mother's allergic to weeds. Um, we finally got snack time, by the way. Oh, yeah. We should have been yeah, asking about I, these snack time I reordered. I, re I ordered it from Amazon, and it was delivered in two days, and that's the end of that story. Lovely. Have you listened to it? Yeah. Do you like it? I like it. Okay. Luke, all right. Luke, my son doesn't care doesn't care at all because it doesn't uh, have moving, dancing, stupid right. animations. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm going to just put the stupid animations on the TV and play snack time over them rather than the <laughs> like ridiculous children's songs that yeah. he sings. Yeah. Just put it on mute and put snack time on. We need to instill a love yeah. for Benigan ladies early with him. He used to, his, his favorite song when he was a baby was the park, the theme song for parks and recreation. That's right. He would be really quiet during that part of the show because he was just a baby. So I could watch whatever I want. So he'd be quiet during the theme song. And then as soon as the show started and people started talking, he would lose interest and start like bothering me. <laughs> so at many times I just got the full version of the Parks and Recreation song, which is like a minute long. Yeah. And then just played it on loop over the entire episode while I watched it on subtitles. <laughs> and he would just sit there quietly watching. <laughs> I remember that uh, for his birthday party, uh, that was his like, instead of happy birthday, we just played the Parks and Rec theme for him. Yeah, he likes that and he likes Philip Glass. I don't know I why. I was going to say his Mishima soundtrack yeah, is what you used to yeah, play for him. Yeah, yeah, he loves that <laughs> for some reason. He loves the arpeggios and like the, the repeated sounds. So he's he's graduated from Mishima to um, Candyman. Uh, the horror movie? Yeah, the horror movie soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's Philip Glass too. Impressive. Okay. Yeah, it's a beautiful soundtrack. So Philip Glass is your favorite lead singer for the Brandon Ladies. Philip Glass is an artist and a visionary. Great. But I would say, as far as lead singers go, my answer is I like Paige better than Robertson because I think his voice just speaks to me more. Yeah, I can but see that. But as far as a Bare Naked Ladies brand, yeah, yeah, Ed is Ed is the guy. Ed is on brand. Ed is family friendly. Mm -hmm. Ed is, uh, yeah, he's right there. Okie dokie. I hope you enjoy his new box set. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, um, <laughs> this is the time in the podcast when we read an iTunes mm. review. All these iTunes reviews. So, uh, here's an iTunes review I'd like to read. Uh, it's called Oh This Pod, and it's from a user named Evan Dickin, who gave it five stars. It says, before I read this review, I want to take a second to talk to all the listeners personally. As you all know, my name is Saker, and I am definitely talking extemporaneously and not reading an iTunes review. I've decided that this is, sorry, I've decided that this segment, where I read reviews, comes off as desperate and more than a little embarrassing. We are genuinely grateful for reviews. It takes a few seconds and would really help us out. But in the future, I will read two reviews per episode. No, Again, that's not what my name is Saker, and I, this say. is definitely my decision, which I will never take back. No, All right, so a five-star review from Evan Dickin. Thank you, listener Evan Dickin, for reviewing our, our podcast. Look, he, and I'm just going to steamroll you. 
So two per episode. So here's another review uh, from Cyberlink420. It's a five star. <laughs> Fuck it. We read that one last episode. Thank God. Um, Evan, thank you for you. You're a true delight. I like me for me. Not because you look, look like, like Michael Jackson. <laughs> or because you're... You're the rhyme guy. Oh, but, uh, uh, or Always because... asking questions like... <laughs> Shit, you're the rhyme guy and then you steal my thunder. Um, we have a... Uh, uh, I steal something. We have an iTunes... Uh, you can leave us an iTunes review. We desperately need iTunes reviews. We love them. We're going to be reading two per episode now, so it's Aww. necessary. Um, we, uh, we're on Twitter, at BeenDonePod. We're on Facebook. It's all been done at Bernicke Ladies Podcast. I think that's it. That's it. No, we're done with the episode. That's the end of the episode. That, that piano's coming up right now. I can hear it. It's so beautiful. We're ending the pod right now. Evan, I edit these episodes. <laughs> you have no control over that piano. <laughs> that piano is something I play every episode live, and you know that. Just, just start with the keyboard, Saker. I can't. There's one more thing we need to do before we get out of this app. We'll see you again in... Well, definitely. Evan, what do you have to plug this week? <laughs> I'd like to plug my new nerdcore rap album great that is coming out great i am a nerdcore rapper and i'm very good my name is dj outside of a mine shaft looking down on another one uh-huh well thanks for listening i'm saker <laughs> i'm evan and we'll see you again in one, one week, week.